Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome back to the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote. And we have a very serious topic today. I, I actually am grateful that God has kind of opened this can of worms for conversation today. We're talking about sexual abuse. We're talking to Teresa, and she was raised in Mormonism in a large family with a father who sexually abused the children, and then she went into an abusive marriage. And so we're just at the point in her story, you'll want to find part one in order to hear the first part of Teresa's story. But she's right uh, about to talk to us about learning and healing and trying to move forward in a healthy way from the kind of things she's experienced in life. Right, and out of this cycle of abuse that is very much a cycle that repeats itself, often getting more deeper and more serious. And so our hope is that people will be helped and continue to be able to move forward also like Teresa has into grace and healing. So thank you, Teresa, for being with us. But like so many very difficult issues in our lives, right? Yes. Um, There is no hope but Jesus, right? Yeah. So last time we ended, I think, where were we? I had just moved to Utah. You had just moved to Utah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go ahead and back up about maybe one minute's worth into what took you to Utah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. It was a brother <laughs> that had moved to like Alaska. Mm-hmm. And he An had been providing. brother okay. that had provided shelter for her. Yep. And your children. And he left to go take a new job in Alaska, and you could not follow, as That's sad right. as that was. As sad as that. <laughs> decided to move to Utah to be surrounded by the culture, right? Uh, to be near family. Uh, a lot of my family uh, still live in Utah. Okay. So, um, so you move, and your kids are how old at this point? At this point, I have one daughter who's married, and she was like 18. Um, and then my son is still at home. He was 20. And then I had a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. Okay. So, not an easy life for a single mom. No. Definitely understand why you'd be looking for community, support. Okay. So, tell us. Pick up your story there with um, transitioning to Utah. So, I moved to a, a sweet little town in uh, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake. Moved into a very nice ward with a very, very loving bishop. Um I tried to work as a nurse, um, had to quit because I was still suffering from the abuse myself. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'd gone to um, probably by this point two to three years of um, uh, trauma-specific therapy. Wow, yes. Um, not top therapy. <laughs> yeah. Trauma-specific therapy. But it's very hard, especially as a single mom, the church doesn't have somebody trained in this, so you can't just go to the, the free counseling that they have. because They're not it, it covering just, that. Yet. They don't have that. Um, and Which is interesting because there is a need for it in the culture. There's a huge need for it. So, um, And it's really hard to afford to 
pay for insurance. I mean, to pay even if you have insurance for this therapy. So when I was in Texas, I was going twice a week and making some huge progress. Um, I would pay for one session and my brother would pay for the other for me. And there was a, a Mormon lady there who really understood trauma. She understood sexual abuse, physical, psychological. And psychological abuse is very much abuse. Yes. Just because somebody doesn't hit you does not mean you're not being abused. Absolutely. By any means. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, in a lot of ways, it's worse. Manipulation is pernicious. Oh, it's horrid. It's horrid. And then there's the emotional, too, you know. So anyway, so I was doing that. But when my kids got there, one of my daughters um, was so, so, so bad. She was having multiple nightmares every night. Mm -hmm. um, so I stopped going, and she went twice a week instead. Wow. Um, to this same trauma therapy. So we get to Utah and um, we we get all that switched over, found you know another therapist and stuff and the bishop was very sweet and kind to us. However, I wasn't able to work because it just got to be so bad for me trying to work and put food on the table to take care of my kids. My ex wasn't paying any child support or anything because he didn't have that ordered um, by the courts. And um, um, all that time, my daughter's still having these multiple nightmares. Her younger sister is flat. I mean, flat affect, like no tone at all in her voice, oh. totally flat. And, um, it was, I had to, I had to quit work for a year. Wow. Now, is this because of the abuse they suffered within the previous home situation? For them. Yeah. For, for me, it was both. It was both what I was raised with. Mm-hmm and what I endured in the marriage too, in both marriages, because um, you know, a, a mom, a single mom really suffers a lot because you don't tell your kids and you don't have anyone to tell. So you, right. you're carrying all of what you have mm -hmm. plus what they have. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, yeah, it was hard. Yeah. It was a hard time. So we were there um, for about a year and I just felt really strongly that I needed to move up to Brigham City. I didn't know why, but God clearly was leading me there. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> the hound of heaven. I'm telling you what. But what was really interesting was I got to Brigham City. Um, I met my husband now, John, and um, we were married a short time later, which I never would have met him otherwise, right? So I get yes. up there and mm -hmm. I met him at a, a single adult um, function that they have up there. Now was he LDS? He was. Okay. John was a convert. All right. And um, we met. The kids loved him because he was like everything their biological father wasn't. He's, mm. he's a really nice man. They still, I mean, he's their father, yeah. you know. Um, and then we left the church in Brigham City. So, so part of the time in Brigham City, we were Mormon, right? In mm -hmm. fact, that's when we saw your movie. We didn't like it. <laughs> You're doing grace, yeah. Yes. I, got, I have to say though, it's very, it's very accurate. You know, all the temple stuff. It's, it's. I mean, they changed it now. I'm sure, but, but anyway. So we left the church in the Mormon in 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 Brigham City, and I will tell you, I have never in my life experienced the heavy, heavy spiritual oppression that I experienced leaving the church and trying to live as a Christian. In Brigham City mm. ever it's intense mm. Wow it's super intense so was there anything else that prompted you and your husband now your husband's a convert so mm -hmm. had he started discovering other things that he wasn't told because I know very often converts are told very little 
Oh yeah. And oh, what yeah. they're in fact the what they're presented in terms of what the Mormon Church is is such a superficial misrepresentation that often when they start digging deeper. So was some of that going on? Oh, yeah. You know, we, we um, both of us kind of had our own little views on some of the things. Like, you cannot preach Christ's love and treat people like that. Right. And yet, having been Mormon 30 years, I wouldn't, I did not see the hypocrisy yeah. until there was a point where I suppose God reached out and made these things clear to me, mm-hmm. right? It was mm-hmm. as if a veil was lifted and all of a sudden you got it or you saw it from the other side, right? And for me, that was a little bit gradual. Mm-hmm. But there is a tremendous hypocrisy that you see when you're on the outside mm-hmm. that certainly I was totally unaware of yeah. on the inside. I think some of it that really helped us is we had a really horrible bishop. Well, no, God uses amazing things. I know, I, I, he does. Right. Like, he was horrible. He, I mean, he he was probably the worst bishop I've ever had, and and he was so judgmental and so harsh with us. You know, like like I would say to him, look, you know, you can't talk to my daughters. You can't ask them those pressing questions uh, for their temple recommends about sexual abuse. You just can't do that because they come out of that. That's traumatizing. Right. You cannot talk to them about that. Right. Yeah. Well, it can't be that bad. Like, oh. Well, let me tell you, it was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and what you're saying is God uses yes. that to begin to put distance, emotional, spiritual, yes, social distance yes. between you and the church so that when there is finally some big issues that all come together, you and your husband are like, Just okay. Like, that's it. We're done. So what looks negative, then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, the, this loving God of the universe can turn to good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then where do you and your husband go as you exit the uh, Mormon church. What was his background prior to, you said he was a convert. What was he prior to joining the Mormon church? He was a a proto-deacon in the Catholic church. Okay. So, um, and he was raised by um, old, old world um, um, German grandparents. Okay. And so he, I mean, he, he knew Christ already. Okay. And then went into the Catholic church and then left the Catholic church because of all the scandal. Yes. Sexual Mm. scandal and things. And became Mormon. So, um, so we were just we didn't know where to go. And in, in Brigham <laughs> yeah. City, I kid you not, this is in America. Less than one half percent of the population is Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So there aren't a lot of options for Christ and healing. Yeah. There, there really aren't. So I mean, I, I really found a lot of my healing through trauma therapy. Mm-hmm. I also um, I took medication. I still take medication for depression. Um, um, and, and the kids are all at different, different places. Unfortunately, a couple of them have, um, not sought the, the therapy that you need. Christ is wonderful and he does provide healing, but he provides healing through many, many different avenues. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that includes medication. If your doctor gives you medication, take it. Right. And, and you may not have to take it forever because Christ may completely heal you, you know? And it may be a struggle for you. And it may be a struggle, and that's life. okay. And don't put your Christian brothers and sisters down because they're taking an antidepressant or they're taking something like Valium, something Thank really you. strong. Don't Thank put you them for down. saying that. Yes, yeah, it's so important. Uh, and, and like you say, God has given wisdom, insight to his agents in the church and outside of the church, and there is no shame in a believer availing themselves of all 
that is available to them. And yeah. you're, so, t- you're talking in the church Christian body. Right, yes, within the Christian hears, church. He, right. hear Mormon when yeah. you say the church. Yeah, that's true. So, so at what point do you find Jesus? I mean, at what point, what's, what's a little bit of your conversion story? What brings you to Christ, yeah, um, ultimately? Yeah. And how did you realize that Christ was different than the one you've yes. known in Mormonism? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I have to say, there's no magic pill to get your Mormon neighbors to see Christ. Mm-hmm. There's a scripture that says, the eyes of their minds are blinded. Mm-hmm. And that is truly a perfect description of your Mormon neighbor. Mm-hmm. You cannot take that blindness off. It has to be by the Spirit of God. Absolutely. So back when I was um, divorcing my first husband, I got saved after that divorce. I got saved. And I got saved at a cool. Calvary Chapel in my hometown oh. in Olympia, okay. Washington. Wow. Okay. So I got saved and married my ex-husband, my second husband, the, the one that was um, I was married to for 24 years. Um and I thought he was Christian, but obviously you don't do that kind of thing to your kids if you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, I, I really am convinced that I was saved all this time, but in my desperation, and I, I know this might sound like an excuse, but you know, you, you go through the cycle of abuse and you, you do what you have to do to survive. No, and you are not the first person that we've interviewed that hasn't either left Mormonism gone out and come back mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. been a believer who's put their faith in Christ and got and drawn into, into Mormonism Mormon. yeah. mm-hmm. only to have God keep their hand on their life. It's like he keeps exactly. his finger on the top of your head and says, okay, you're mine. You're here, but I'm keeping my hand on you. And at some point I'll bring you back out. But so you so, know what? You know, it was amazing. Brigham city was just like my father. Mm, okay. That's why God put me there. And <clears throat> probably another reason why that spirit didn't want me to leave. It, it taught me, you know what? This really is what the Mormon church teaches. I don't want any part of it. I mean, the abuse was rampant, 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 rampant amongst the leaders there. And um, so it really taught me a very hard lesson that sometimes, you know, your kids have to learn hard lessons. That's, yes. what, that's what God, mm-hmm. I think, knew that I needed. Yeah. So you're talking... Abuse rampant there currently among leaders. Absolutely. Gotcha. And And you knew that because of your career. Yes. Yes. And because of my personal experience in the church there. (laughs) Wow. So um, here we are at time again already. This has been fascinating. Um, I guess, you know, we've got just a couple minutes left. Teresa, wrap this up. Yeah. Extend it. Take as much time as you need to finish this up because we can chop this up. Right. Unfortunately, if you're a radio listener, you might get a shortened version, but just know the full version is always available on our podcast website, unveilinggracepodcast.com. So if you're hearing this in Utah on the radio or in maybe Arizona on the radio, then please go to the podcast website and listen to the longer version to see what you missed so yeah go ahead Teresa take so take the time we, we were talking about discernment so Christian born again salvation is different than what Mormonism might teach so when Teresa went to that Calvary Chapel and gave her life to Jesus after the first marriage ended the Holy Spirit entered her yes 
And then the Holy Spirit works with you and teaches you and leads you. Sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes we go off in strange directions. But basically what she's, you know, just now explaining to us is that that Holy Spirit, although she again made some detours, brought her back to where she needed to be and took her through a journey she needed to go on in order for this healing to begin. Mm -hmm. Right. So give us hope about how these things we don't want folks to be just done with this and think there's no hope when they've been through such dark times right it, it just really taught me that in Christ as a woman in Christ I am valuable mm, yes. I'm infinitely valuable and infinitely loved despite these horrible mistakes I've made because believe me when you are raised in a cycle and then going through finding that you're in the cycle again with your kids and you're trying to rescue them, the, the, only, the only thing that got me through that time period, other than Christ, obviously, was thinking back to my childhood, wishing that my mom had been able to do for me what I was able to do for my kids. Mm. And that was to rescue them out of the situation. My mom didn't have a choice. Yeah. You didn't get divorced back in those days. Right. It just didn't. She she left several times only to come back. Yeah. So I said, you know, I'm going to make a difference for generations here. I made a lot of horrible mistakes. Oh my gosh. But I was I was the abused as well. You know, trying to stumble over and, um, you know, and that's okay because it's okay that I made mistakes. You know, are the kids still angry at me? Yeah. I have two children that won't even talk to me right now. Wow. Um, but I only have one child that's even a Christian. But the, but the amazing thing is that through this, this time of discovering that, no, the Mormon church really is this, this abusive cult organization, um, very similar to the polygamy uh, groups that are out there today, because, you know, the Mormons don't actually practice more than one wife at a time right now, but they do still believe in that. And the Perfect. effects of that are still Probably there. Sealed it too. Yeah, mm -hmm. the effects are still there. And so um, God just showed me that, that his love is enough. That doesn't mean I still don't have to, um, you know, take my medication. It doesn't mean that um, a person may still not need to go to therapy. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I went to years of trauma therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have days when you're down. Right. Or when, you're, when you have a flashback because something... Um, even though you've gone through that trauma therapy, there are still flashbacks that Triggers. occur. Right. Mm -hmm. they're, they're smaller than, you know, they don't debilitate you, mm -hmm. but they can sit you back for a couple of hours, you know, mm -hmm. and that's okay because God in his infinite mercy is there. And I, I think the difference is that you don't have to measure up. Right. You don't even have to wish you could measure up. <laughs> because you, you, it's not a requirement. 
Right. That's that's the God of legalism. That's the God of the Mormon church. Right. That's the God of performance-based religion. And mm-hmm. any, yeah, there's mm-hmm. lots of Christian, so to speak, in name only, churches, or, you know, even um, uh, the Muslim beliefs, mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. very similar to Mormonism. Yes. Yeah. Very, there are very similar. Joseph Smith called himself the second Mohammed. He mm-hmm. knew. He knew they were similar. Yeah, very similar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's the thing, you know. Amazing grace. We, we we cannot save ourselves. You can't. Right. It's not possible. And so since you can't do it, you have to let Christ, you have to just get to the point, and this is what where I got, where you just you just give your life to Christ because your own doing isn't getting you anywhere. It never will get you anywhere. The only doing that does anything for you is the sacrifice of a perfect lamb, mm. the lamb of God. Mm. Right. And that's the difference between the Mormon Jesus, who was Satan's brother, and the, the God of the Jesus. universe, <laughs> you know, the lamb of God. Um, he, he, he loves you. He loves you like he loved that woman at the well. Nobody cast stones at her. Why? Because nobody was without sin except him. Right. And he didn't cast any stones. He said, you know, just stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Come and rest in me, is what he said. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's said that it can be summed up. Your religious system can be summed up in one of two words. Either do or done. And with biblical Christianity, Jesus did all the doing. And so we get to rest in the done. Yeah. So like you say, on your worst day, Jesus doesn't love you any less. On your best day, he can't love you anymore because you're loved because of what Jesus has done for you by the Father. Nothing you can earn, nothing you can deserve, nothing you can merit. You can just rest in it and enjoy it. What to say, all of our best works are like filthy rags because we we cannot measure up and we don't have to try that's right. the beauty of it all yes so and that's where there's hope and that's when there's healing ultimately when you can rest mm-hmm. in a god who loves you that way and i have to say this is where i've been able to come out of this without being bitter toward my ex for what he did i don't like him I know what he did was wrong. Right. Correct. But I don't hate him. I'm not bitter toward him. He is not a nice person. He's a sick person mentally. Very, very sick. Anybody that does that kind of stuff to another human being, let alone your own flesh and blood. I mean, come on. Yeah. There's yes. something wrong psychologically. Right. But you know what? God can and will take care of him in ways that I could not even imagine. Yes. Mm. And that's what we, you know, you have to leave it at Christ's feet because, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect. I've made some horrible mistakes, but Christ has forgiven me. If he were to come to Christ, Christ would forgive him too. Yes. That doesn't mean that I would want to go back to him. You still have to remember that those things were done and there is still that potential. Correct. Yes. You have to be wise still. Don't just walk back into that relationship. Well, this has been heavy. Yes, heavy but and yet so helpful. rich thank and you. yes. Thank you, thank you for the last segment for giving folks hope, but making it real as well. Yeah. 
I've heard some pretty pretty hard stories. I talked to a woman, one a young woman one time, who was ritually sexually abused through an occult practice by folks who were actually leaders in the church in her little town in Utah. Um, she hasn't set foot in Utah since she left. That is not uncommon, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, my, my, my abuse probably had ritualistic elements to it also. Oh. So. Related to maybe church? Probably related to the temple ceremony. Oh, Some no. of the stuff that they do there. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, I remember it enough to know that it happened and know that I don't have to remember every detail. Yeah. And you don't need to. Yeah. No. Don't even try. Thank you, Lord. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well, Teresa, thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart, for sharing your wisdom, your experience, and our hope is that it helps others. I'm sure that it will. Lynn, I'll leave the clothes to you. Heavy, heavy, heavy for me, Joel. God has laid this on my heart for several years. I've been praying, praying that he would raise up people out of Mormonism who would come to Christ with this background that they might be helpful to others. and. Uh, and he is the great healer. We look to him only. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing this story. I'm, I'm quite humbled. Thank you. Didn't expect this today, but um, certainly is on my heart. So thank you. You're welcome. And uh, I just want to say, please, please um, think of your Mormon friends and pray for them because they don't know Christ. I don't care how nice their family looks. My family looked nice too. Yeah. Amen. They need truth and Jesus. Yes, truth and Jesus. All of us. All right. And as always, you can find show notes on our unveilinggracepodcast.com. And I think, Lynn, just because I'm sure this is going to spark people who want to know even where to go for help um, with Teresa's help, I'm sure we can put together at least a few resources or referrals of where they could turn to her at the very least. Um, write us with your questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. Go to the website, leave us a note, and we will do everything we can to get you additional information because we do want to see your life and relationship flourish in Jesus and to find healing that you need. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace Podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.